Welcome everyone to the Be A Shark podcast. I am your host, Enrico Incarnati, and this is episode three. This is a little bit of a different episode. Uh, It's a solo episode and uh, one that I'm honestly super excited for you guys to hear because this is my story, my journey from how I got started with videography to where I'm at today, living in New York City, uh, how I started in school, all thanks to my ex-girlfriend. and yeah, I, I literally want the episode to do the talking for itself. So without further ado, um, let's get into it. And before I head out, if you could, please leave a review on iTunes. It does help a ton. And uh, see you guys in there. And thank you for listening. Be a shark. Alrighty, and we are live officially. Welcome to the third episode of the Be a Shark podcast. I am your host, Enrico Incarnati, and this is an odd time for me to be recording a podcast, not knowing how long this is going to be, and very well knowing that this could be close to an hour. Uh, It's 11.18, it just turned 11.18 at night right now, and I'm like, you know what, let's record the podcast episode at this time, because why not? So that's what we're doing. Um. I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for joining wherever you are, whatever time of day it is, whatever you're doing, whatever you were doing. Um, If you're just listening to this as like a passive thing, I appreciate you immensely and uh, just want to say thank you. Um, And I said last time in a couple episodes, or actually last episode, I said uh, in the intro, if anyone leaves a review on iTunes, which if you heard in the intro, um, to do so, that would help a ton and that I would be doing some rating and reviews shout outs. So I want to give a shout out to Sarah Pierce who said, excited for this podcast. Rico has such a great spirit and I love his, his openness and vulnerability when it comes to mental health. I love his quote, be a shark motto and can't wait to see what guest sharks he has on the podcast. So Sarah Pierce, uh, I want to say thank you. Um, Sarah is an amazing, amazing person. And, uh, I want to say thank you again for that. And, and again, if you want to be, uh, featured, you want to have a shout out, um, all you gotta do is leave a rating and review on the podcast. It does help a lot. And I just like interacting with you and it's cool. And you guys get to hear your name and you mean a lot and I appreciate it. And I keep saying, and And now we're going to get into this episode finally. So this episode I'm actually very excited for because this is one that a lot of people um, have asked in terms of just my journey. And as you saw by the title of this podcast, people just want to know about my whole journey as a videographer and photographer and how I got started, where I was. And that's exactly what this episode is going to be about. So if you want to know how Enrico got to where he is today in New York City on, what is today, July 10th or 11th? July 10th. I can't. First of all, I can't believe that it's July 10th already of 2020. If you want to know how Enrico got to where he's at today, July 20th, 2020, as a videographer, this is the episode to will be listening to. So we are going to take it all the way back to about I was a sophomore in college, and so I, I started college, what, 20, 2018? No, 2018 I started college in the fall. Um, no, that is a complete lie. Do not listen to me there. I, I, hang on. I, 
when did I end high school? 2014, I ended high school. So I would have started college in 2014. Yes. Um, so 20, 2014 freshman year, 2015 would have been sophomore year. So 2016 was the year when I started videography. Um, I was in I was in DePaul University and I was enrolled as a pre-med student and I and I'm literally if, if I was filming this I have my I'm giving quotes so like a quote unquote pre-med student and my goal with that was to become a pediatrician my goal was to be a doctor and that's literally the trajectory that I had from high school right like at 17 I became a certified nursing assistant so a CNA and I was through that whole program at school, and then I took honors anatomy and physiology in senior year of high school, and like I was literally doing AP chemistry, and I was literally like, you know, on the path of becoming a pediatrician, and I get to college, and I'm doing, you know, all all the prereqs right to fulfill the um, the requirements as a pediatrician and not even a pediatrician as, as a pre-med student, because then you'd have to go to med school. Right. So, so I was just getting like prereqs done as a health and sciences major, as a pre-med major, as a pre-med major. So, um, and I need to give, I need to give a little bit of backstory as to why I even wanted to become one. So I think when we're all younger, we, we grow up, we, we want to, you know, we see so many jobs that we want to do and like, oh, it's cool. I want to do that. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to be, hell, a garbage man because I thought riding on the back of a garbage truck was the coolest thing in the world. And whenever the garbage man came by to pick up our garbage on Tuesday, I always gave him a high five. Uh, sometimes I would offer him like a drink and I was young. Like I would get, I would always ask my mom, like, can we give him like a Pepsi or Coke or like a water? And it was like, he became my best friend, you know? And and I was always a type that like, I know that they, I, I knew that they appreciate that from like a young age, just cause I'm like, they're doing a job. It's hot as hell out here in the summertime and just being a good kid, you know? So for me, it was always some, you know, just many different things that I wanted to do. And when I, when I, as I was getting older, um, you know, I was attracted to the medical field and what happened was, um, I want, I set my sights on like, so I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with this. A big reason as to why I wanted to become a, a doctor was because I saw that it was a great security to fall back on in terms of financially. And my eyes lit up when I saw a six figure, um, salary for, being a doctor, right? And, you know, being a surgeon or being a pediatrician. And my father was was ecstatic because he's like, you know, you're going to be making great money and you're going to be, you know, it, it'll be amazing. So, and the reason I say my father is because it's 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 super super important to give that context. So, as as I'm progressing through high school, you know, like I said at 17 junior year, I became a certified nurse assistant. So that really catapulted my father really just pushing me out there to his friends and, and peers that like, you know, and like his, his clients and stuff that like, I'm going to be a doctor. So I literally became Enrico the doctor instead of like Enrico as Luigi's son, which is my father's name. Um, and that for me was something that like was hard to live up to at certain times because 
because for me, it was more so like my dad, my father believed in me being more of a doctor than I did, right? Like he was more sold on the idea than I was. Like he knew what college I was going to go to in terms of after, like graduate school, medical school. He he knew everything because he did all this research for me. And the person that I am, if I need to, I need to be invested in it if I'm actually doing the research, right? Like if I'm getting excited about it. And he got way more excited than me about it than ever before. So for me, it was like this, like, you know, every time I saw someone, you know, they're like, oh, like you want to be a pediatrician, you want to be a doctor, like that's so amazing, you know, and I always had a tough time, I, I always had a tough time being happy and accepting that, like, yeah, I'm, like I'm pumped about this, I, I wasn't pumped about it, I was just like, yeah, like that's what I want to do, you know, like kind of don't bother me kind of thing, you know, Um I think it was just the expectation that it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a lot of people that are riding on me being a doctor and that look at me as being a doctor. And it was like this pressure, you know, it's like this pressure that I'm like, oh fuck, I, I really need to be a doctor, you know? So for me, and I need to give that context and you'll, you'll understand why in a little bit. So for me, it was always this pressure of living up to being a doctor. That was very tough for me. That was very, very tough for me because I, I fell out of love with being a doctor. I didn't want to do it at a certain point, and that's when college came around. So going into college, I was a certified nursing assistant, and that lasted for two years. So I was okay, and I would have to renew uh, my license in about a couple – like I think it was two years it was good for. So go through all that and then get to college, freshman year, uh, do my first year of – you know, pre-med recs and everything. And I didn't want to do it anymore. Did not want to do it anymore. This is the turning point of my father and I's relationship with each other. Um, this was an interesting period because I went into sophomore year then a whole different actually the the first quarter so we had we had trimesters we had three three quarters of our year the fall winter and spring quarter so that fall quarter of sophomore year i did prereqs as a medical student as a pre-med student after that i couldn't i stopped i don't want to do it anymore i just i was done and to be honest with you i don't, i've never told anyone this part but i i, I didn't pass my chemistry freshman year of college, I did not pass chemistry. And it was very tough for me because I never, I never liked chemistry. It just didn't click with me. And it's not, it's not an excuse to be like, well, you know, just try harder and study harder. And it's like, I just, I I didn't want to do it because I'm like, I'm not passionate about this. Right. Like it, it was, it was, it almost became, it almost became like a bragging thing, like with amongst chem students to be like, Oh, you know, just so much homework and like, oh, did you do the chem? Did you do the lab? Like, oh, that lab was so tough. And it was almost like this gloating about how much how much of a workload it was as opposed to actually being excited about what it is that you were achieving, right? Like it, it must be like glorifying how much work you got to do and it's so much work and it's like this glor- glorification of the workload as opposed to like, yeah, but why are you, what, what's the goal here? Like, why are you why are you wanting to do chemistry? Like, what's the, you know what I mean? And for me, for me, the person that I I am, it's like, I need to be able to see why I'm doing something right now as to why it's going to help me in the long run. And I didn't see why chemistry was going to help me in the long run because I didn't believe, and I didn't even see the vision of being a doctor in the long run. I just, I didn't, 
I, I, I just didn't. Like, I fell out of love with it. I didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. So going back to the whole turning point of it being with my father and I, because it was, again, sophomore year. So I did it, right? I did that whole, that whole fall semester. Now, the kicker was end of freshman year, I, I, I kind of knew I'm like, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore, right? I just, I had that conversation with myself. I'm like, and now the thing was like, Shh, how am I going to tell my father? So that whole summer was pretty much kind of gearing up for, all right, how do I tell my dad, right? And sophomore, you know, that fall quarter hit, went through it. And then we had a six-week break from fall quarter to spring. So for me, I was, I was really, I was really at the point where I'm like, I need to say something because I can't continue to do this for him, right? I felt like I was becoming a doctor for my father and not for me. And that's what I was building resentment for towards him because it was, I'm doing this for you because you're setting this expectation for me to live up to that I can't live up to because I don't see it for myself and I haven't. So it's hard for me to morph into this doctor that you see me as because I just don't see it for myself. So this was a very, very interesting period. So I told my father, I'm like, dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, I just, I don't want to do the medical thing anymore. I thought I did. Um, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, I, I just don't want to do this medical thing. I'll figure it out. I promise you, I will figure it out. I don't have that answer right now, but I know I have time to figure it out. And all I'm asking for you is to support me and go with me through this time. Right. And it was, it was a tough period because I think, I think for a while, my father had a hard time accepting that I didn't want to be a doctor because he's always like, well, you just, you know, fall back on it. You can just go back to being a doctor if you want to. Um, it's just, I just didn't want to do it. So I defaulted back to communication, like to communications. And I don't want to downplay communications at all. If anyone's in the communications field, I don't want to downplay that. Um, so I, I, I just went to communications because I'm like, all right, I, I don't know. This seems like a, a very neutral thing for me to pick, pick at and I can kind of navigate where I want to go with this, right? So doing communications and I'm like, I don't know what it is that I want to do with this. You know, my girlfriend at the time, she was in accounting and she was in honors accounting, smart as hell. And she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She knew exactly where she was going to work for, who she wanted to work for. And I'm like, okay, I don't know who in the hell I want to work for, who I want to like, what I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I had no idea at all. Right. So, you know, and my dad, he's like comparing me to my, you know, ex-girlfriend at the time, you know, like, well, you know, blank knows where she wants to go. She knows what she wants to do. And she knows what, you know, and I'm like, great for her dad. Like, I don't have the answer, you know? So it was like this back and forth a lot of times with him and I, and this, this went on for about a year and a half, two years of it being kind of tough between us, right? Like there was like this conflict of, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know? And it's like, I don't, I don't know dad, but I'm going to figure it out. I don't have an answer right now for you, but I will figure it out. So at the time, like I said, I was in a relationship, right? And she plays a, I, I need to, I need to say this from the get, 
my ex-girlfriend, although it didn't work out, like my, my, my first ex-girlfriend, the one that girlfriend I was dating in college, although it didn't work out between us, um, and we dated for, for about three years, Although it didn't work out for us, this is the one thing that I truly think she gifted me. You, you know, you know that saying of like when people are in your life for a reason or a season, and like, you know, she was in my life for like a season, I would say, and also a reason, right? The reason is she literally catapulted a whole new side of me that I had no idea about. You know, and this is this this goes back to like you know we always learn something from someone that we we interact with or date or you know even even if it doesn't, it doesn't work out it's like they leave something with you, right? And like this is the thing that I'm like damn like she actually kind of really left this with me. So her and I were dating, and uh, it was sophomore year, and in the winter quarter because this is now when we had kicked back started back up and I was going back in. This is 2017, mind you. And I was going into winter quarter and, you know, my communications default major that I went back to, uh, not went back to, but that I went to, I was stuck a little, a little bit, you know? So for me, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the gym a little bit more seriously. I'm going to work out more. Uh, you know, this is a great outlet for me. And it, it became more of an outlet for me, the gym. And at the time I was like making Snapchat videos of fitness tips that I had learned and that I figured out and stuff that I was doing and just documenting on my Snapchat story. And my girlfriend at the time was like, why, why don't you, why don't you like film yourself making YouTube videos during this? You know? And I'm like, cause at the time I was following Christian Guzman, who's a huge inspiration of mine in the fitness industry, you know? And, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I could, I just, I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't know, you know? And literally her just saying that kickstarted everything. I had no idea that her saying, just start making YouTube videos at all, was going to lead me to being a videographer. It, 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 it's crazy. So I, I'm like, all right. That, that weekend, that Sunday, I went to Best Buy. I picked up a GoPro, and that's how I started. I literally started making videos on YouTube. My first ever YouTube video, I promise you it's super awkward. If you go to YouTube, type in Enrico Incarnati, uh, sort videos by early or uh, earliest public or latest published. Um, I know earliest published because it'll be earlier um, in my YouTube days. You'll see what that video is, and it's on an it's on a GoPro. So that video was what literally kickstarted everything. I <laughs> I filmed on a GoPro. I tried doing angles. I tried editing as best as I could. I tried getting flashy with with some edits. I tried uh, incorporating some angles, and uh, you know, I, I literally I, I worked. I did as best as I could with that GoPro, as best as I could. And then I my my first purchase ever of a camera was a Canon T5i, and I I used the money that I got from working at the gym at my school to purchase this camera. And I think it was like three, four hundred dollars. It came with like a kit. Um, There's a whole bunch of different stuff with it. And this is the this is my first camera. My Canon T5i it was my first ever like DSLR camera. <laughs> um, it, it's funny because I remember like my 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 buddy and I Nick. Um, if he's listening to this, like we started out making videos together. Um, you know, and like we tr- I tried making like a 
fancy edit and like workout edit and all this. And I'm like, I'm like, this is, this is crazy. Like I didn't, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing with this camera. I'm just gonna, I was, I was shooting on auto the whole time and I'm like, I'm just going to just do it. I'm like, this is kind of cool, you know? So that's how I film myself making YouTube videos and, you know, um, and, and, and I would vlog my entire like college days, right? Like I'd vlog going to the gym. I would vlog being on the train, vlog what I was doing and just talk about my day. And like, you know, I, I was watching Casey Neistat at the time, who's an inspiration to me for vlogging. And I would try to mimic his style and try to figure out different angles and stuff. Right. And like, you know, this was, this was my college career from winter quarter to spring. And I'm like, this is cool. Like, I like this, you know? And then, uh, I'm actually going to grab a drink of water. I need to preface that because my mouth is getting very dry here. So, um, give me a little intermission break. Hang on. We got the water. All right. We needed that. Okay. So now back to the story. So now we're painting the picture of it was winter quarter, and this is when I'm making videos, uh, vlogging, and documenting whatever. And then spring quarter comes along, still doing the same thing, still doing the same thing, and I have to get surgery. So, if you know, 2017, I was diagnosed with a torn hip labral, and I had to get a complete hip labral surgery. Basically, what that meant was they had to tie back my hip labral because from what I know is your labral is connected to your socket of your hip joint. And there's a layering cushion from your uh, from both the the ball and socket joint. And that layer is in, in between that joint to allow it to fluidly move. Well, when that tears, it becomes bone-on-bone -bone contact and what's known as an impingement. So when I would sit down, it felt like a knife was being shoved into my side each time because that essentially was my bone that slid out and was pu like puncturing my skin. Not, not obviously like it wasn't going to stick through, but it was just pressing in on my skin. Um, so I had to get hip surgery, hip labral surgery, and it's on my YouTube channel. I literally documented getting surgery uh, and like everything. It's called uh, Surgery to Stage Series because my goal was to get surgery and then compete in a uh, bodybuilding physique competition. Um, that didn't happen. I didn't compete at all. Um, that was that just wasn't a goal anymore. And I documented all that. Like I wanted to show that I was going through this. And some of those videos are my best videos on YouTube because people go through hip labels a lot and they do really well in terms of it finding people and it getting recommended to people. So like that was cool for me. And it's, I get messages like at least once a week about my hip label and what I did for this, what I did for that and like how I feel now. So for me, you know, documenting all that and vlogging, that was, was one of my favorite things that I've ever done. Um, and with that, it was, so it was 2017, right? I got my surgery in June and, yep, so June. And then, um, when was it? I believe it was, I believe it was June actually. Yeah, uh, like a couple weeks after, or a week or two after my surgery, um, I, I was following, so if you guys know who the Flexible Dieting Lifestyle is on Instagram, um, Zach, he makes macro-friendly recipes, um, all this stuff like desserts, savory foods, uh, you name it. 
So I had been following him for a little bit, and he put on his story that he was looking for a videographer and to, to travel with him to L.A. for like five days and just to film some stuff with him, um, and then it could turn into like a, a position, right? So I responded, and I'm like, I would love this. You know, I'm like, I would love to do it. And I, I, just, I, I just put myself out there because I had no – I literally had no experience working with anyone. I had just vlogged myself. I had never worked with any any kind of bigger time, like big time camera than what I had. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I, I have no idea what I'm getting into, but I'm going to do it. And I was persistent enough. And he's like, cool, man. Can you find a way to LA? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, and mind you, this is literally a couple weeks after surgery. So not the best thing for me to do, right? Like, being that I'm at a very vulnerable state with my hip to be traveling somewhere on a plane when I'm not supposed to be sitting for a while and away from my therapist for that long, right? Because like it was crucial to get my ther- my physical therapy appointments in at that time. For me, I'm like, this is an opportunity where I'm like, this is something that I, I want to try out. And like, I, I've never, I've never done this before. So I, I fly to LA um, we filmed for five days. We filmed a bunch of content, and then uh, I I came back. I, I flew back, and like it was an amazing experience. And I I worked with a, a Sony A7S II, which is the camera Zach had at the time. And I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing with this camera, but I'm like I'm just gonna figure it out. And like literally as we as we were in LA, I was like looking up videos on how to use this camera. Because I had no idea. Mind you, I had still had my Canon T5i. I had never worked with this Sony before, ever. And I'm like, I'm just going to figure it out as I go. You know, like, I'm, I'm just going just gonna to do it. So it, it was crazy. I'm like, that I, I got picked over people that have plenty of experience and that have worked with cameras better than I have. And I'm like, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. So that's what I did. And then it ended up turning into a position to work with Zach where I moved to Austin, Texas um, from Chicago. And I moved, I want to say September of two, September 2018. So I actually left school. I left school to work with Zach. Um, and he and I worked together for nine to 10 months. And then um, I moved back to Chicago. And then like, it for me it was it was a period of like of like i i left school right because for me like the whole school thing right where where my even my dad was super skeptical about like me even going to la of like you don't know him you don't know anything like about him whatever i'm like dad i don't know but i'm like i i also like i don't know right but i'm like i also don't know in terms of what this could bring me right and and I'm like, I, I need to do it. I'm like, I need to do this. Like, I, like th- th- this is the me figuring it out, like we talked about. This is the me figuring it out for myself. That I have no idea what I'm going to do with this communications thing, but I'm going to figure something out along the way. And this was the light for me to be like, I'm figuring this shit out, right? Just like how I'm figuring out learning how to work a camera at the time. And for me, I'm like, I need to do this. I'm like, I have to do this, and I did it. And moving to Texas, too, and leaving school, I'm like, Dad, I got to do this. Like, I'm, I have to do this. Like, this is no longer a, you know, doing something for you. This is me doing it for me. And all I ask is that you support me during this. And he's like, and, and he, and he literally, and he literally did. And my father, he supported me. He's like, he, he saw that, you know, 
I was I was eager about this. I was ambitious, and it, it made me want to be a better person. And he was excited for me, and that's all. And that's all I could ask for him was just to support me. Um, and so, like I said, I worked I worked with I worked with Zach from uh, September until March of 2019, and. It was amazing. Um, can't thank Zach enough for amazing. Like, like this. This is when I say, like, people you you meet in your life and you work with or you you date. Like, it's like it's like you learn something from someone each and every time. Like, you really do. You know what I mean? And like, it, it's 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 crazy how I like sometimes I catch myself I'm like, damn, like I've 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 come a long way like from where I've been and I'm like, but I still got a shit ton of ways to go, which is even crazier to me, you know? Um, and so I, I moved from Chicago to Austin, Texas, like I said. And then, um, after I was done working with, um, Zach, I moved to Chicago again. And then from there I did a bunch of freelance stuff for myself. Um, and then, and then transitioned to working with Jordan um, Jordan Syed. So a lot of people ask me, well, how did you get the job working with Jordan? And I want to say it's the same. I, I, I would, I would be lying if I said it's the same way that I got the job working with Zach. I was just replying to his story and getting it. I met Jordan first when I was filming with Zach. So Zach and I went to LA again in January of 2019. I believe, yeah, 2019 of January. And it was a Pencils of Promise charity event. A bunch of fitness people were there. And I think Jordan was just there filming with Gary or working out with Gary. Um, he was – he because Gary happened to be in L.A., so Jordan was with him there. And Jordan came to the event. And I'm like – I literally introduced myself because I'm like, I know who you are. I'm like, I'm like you're you're amazing, you know, and uh, just, just wanted to meet him, right? So then – Later that night, I just shot him a DM saying, hey, Jordan, uh, it was super cool meeting you. Um, thank you so much, yada, yada. You do amazing work. Um, glad to connect, whatever. So he messaged me back and then followed me back, which was super cool. I'm like, oh, shit, this is – I'm like, this is big time now, you know. Um, it, was, it was cool. So that's that's how I first met Jordan was at this Pencils of Promise event in January of 2018, 20, 2019. So – no, no, January 2018. January 2018. Sorry. Um, I, so, like I said, I, I worked with Zach from uh, September 2017 until March 2018. I got my years mixed up. So, 2018. I don't want to, I want to make sure people are on the same page with this. So, um, so then I, I was back home in Chicago, did some freelance stuff. Um, and, and then it was um, a few months later. It was like, I think it was August, actually. Yeah, so literally five months later, um, Jordan put on his Instagram story that he was looking for a videographer, and I responded, and I'm like, I would love to. I, I'd love to do this. And he he messaged me. He responded back. He's like, hey, man, like your second one up. Someone responded before you. I'm going to give this person a chance. If something doesn't work out, I will definitely, like you'll be first man. I'll call. Um, didn't work out. I got a call December 1st. I was on the treadmill at Lifetime Fitness and Jordan's like, "Yo, you want to move to New York, New York City?" I it literally took me 
0.01 seconds, you'd be like, yes, I do. Like, absolutely. The reason being is because is because I I saw this as an opportunity of like this 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 could be something that I I could really flourish in, right? Um and, and I'll be honest, I, I had been reached out to by a couple other people throughout my career, like uh, freelancing in Chicago of like to move to Denver, to move to LA, like other stuff. And I just, I, it didn't feel right for me. It, it did not feel right for me at all. It just didn't. And this felt right. New York just felt right. It just felt like a yes to me. I'd never been, it was a whole new, uh, whole new scenario. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I literally moved in less than a month to New York City and started working with Jordan. So um, January 4th, 2020 was the official day that I moved to New York City. And I'm sitting here July 10th, 2020, still in New York City. And like, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy. All 2019, um, like we did so much. We did so much with... YouTube, Instagram, um, like just a ton. We traveled a lot. We filmed a lot. Like it was just, it was insane. You know, um, the inner circle retreat, like we did so much. And like, it's, it's like my, 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 I've, I've like grown up faster as a videographer and I've learned faster as a videographer just by being in this city and just by teaching myself more and learning more. And people ask me like, well, did you go to school for videography? Like, no, I didn't. I literally learned everything on my own. Like I'm all self-taught. I'm all self-taught, right? Like I'm also, at the, I'm also at the point where like, I'll, I'll look at a couple tutorials here and there of like different things that I want to do. And maybe how this person does this thing or how the, uh, that person does this thing. And, and, you know, and pick and take little bits from it, you know, but then I also have my own flair on how I want to do things. So so even today, it's like, I'm always still learning, you know? And uh, th- there comes a point, though, too, where it's like, you know, maybe, like, like look, to, to, get on, to get on set of, I don't know, the next Batman movie, being self-taught probably isn't going to get you there. You might need to go to USC film school because that's what the director requires is for all of his film crew to be from a big-time school. It's like, if that's the goal, right? Like if the goal for me is to make movies and do something like that later on, like then I'd probably have to go back to school for filmmaking, you know? And it's like, I'm, I, I'm not a huge proponent of going to school for filmmaking unless it's something like that, right? Where it's like, well, I can't, I can't, you know, be like, well, I'm against school and I'm self-taught. So you need to give me an opportunity to make films with you. It's like, he'd be like, no, screw off. You haven't earned the right to do that. And very well could. And I'd be like, yep, you're right. You require people to be and to have a degree from filmmaking and to be this big time school. I don't have that, so you're you're, you're right, you know. So, um, anyways, I'm I'm all self taught. I've learned everything on my own, um, and I've learned by doing things. I've learned by taking action on things and just by figuring things out as I go. And that's one thing that. If I can, if I can leave this episode, I'm not done yet. But if I can leave this episode with you today, and there's something that you can learn from, is to just do it. 
Like whatever it is, I don't care. I don't care if it's imperfect. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how many times you mess up. Like, or I don't care how many times you doubt yourself. I don't care how many times you critique yourself. You keep going. If that's with photography, videography, working out, your nutrition, your relationship, whatever it is, like whatever it is. Whatever craft it is, if you want to paint, if you want to knit, if you want to sew, if you want to, I don't know, if, if, if you want to make your own clothes or, I don't know, make a pillow or something, learn how to learn how to stitch something, I don't know. Whatever it is, whatever art, whatever craft it is, don't quit on it. Learn as much as you can and practice. There's something to be said about practical exams, right? That's why I always do well with practical exams. Because for me, it's like I can actually go out into the field, the world, and apply what I've learned and just do it. Like just the act of doing whatever it is, you will learn so much more by doing something than by reading about doing something. I'm going to say that again. You will learn so much more by doing something, actually doing something, than reading about doing something. A lot of people, when they read about doing something, they don't take action because they have this paralysis by analysis. They overthink. They complicate things. They look at, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? They look at the negatives and it's like, slow down. You're not even looking at the positives. You're not even looking at the optimistic perspective of this because all you're focused on is the pessimistic side of this. And that's not letting you take any action because you're constantly questioning yourself. Stop. You will question yourself. You will wonder, am I good enough? You will. You will question yourself. A way to break through that is by being the answer to those questions yourself. And that's by just doing it, whatever it is. If it's photography, like I say all the time, go shoot photos. You can you can learn about shooting photos all you want. You you can learn about how to you can learn from the best photographer, the best editor on how to edit photos and take photos. If you don't do it, it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. You can learn how to take photos from the best photographer. Go take photos then. You can learn how to edit photos from the best editor. Edit the photos then. This is this is what I'm saying. It's the it's the action that people are Avoiding, that's where the progress comes in. That's where the results come in, right? That's where the learning comes in. And for me, what I've learned is by just doing whatever it is, however imperfect it is, however messy, however not ready I am, just do it. I just, just, you just do it. Like there's never going to be a perfect time. There's never going to be the, the right time to do something. Like, yes, right now we're living through a pandemic, and it sucks. I hate this coronavirus. Like, fuck this coronavirus. Like, honestly, I'm so, excuse my language, but fuck this coronavirus. I mean it. It does suck. Right? There's never going to be a perfect time. It's not, it's not like, oh, after this, when this pandemic is finally over, then I can do whatever, I, then I can, you know, start to learn how to take photos again. No. No. If you want to learn how to do something and get better at it, start now. Start today, start tomorrow, whenever it is. Don't wait on it. Don't wait until, oh, well, you know what? Next week I'm going to go take photo. Or you know what? This is, this is the one I get a lot. Well, when I, when, I get this, when I get a better camera, I'll... No, no, no. You have your phone. I literally, I have my iPhone right here with me. And I can promise you 
promise you, if you just start taking photos with your iPhone, you will be a better photographer than most people already. Why? Because you're taking action on shooting photos. People don't know. People don't want to shoot photos because people want to, they want to have the best camera first. They want to have this, that, and I respect that. I totally do. You got to develop it somehow. And if it just starts by taking with your phone or shooting video with your phone, like you are taking action already. You're doing like, you're already leaps ahead of people. Just do it. Just do the thing. Whatever that is. That was a whole nother rant from this. Um, <laughs> I, I I do want to say though, like, you know, my, my whole journey as, as a videographer, photographer, like, you know, it's, it's crazy, right? Like I've predominantly done video. I have predominantly been a videographer for the last almost three years now, like three full years now I've predominantly done video and I've been wanting to do more photography lately. You know, I want to do more shoots with people. Um, I just, I want to, I want, I want to get better at it and I, I want to see, I want to see if that's something that I, that like I want to tap into, you know, or I want to do more video shoots with people. Like I want to work with people on video stuff more, you know, and I, I enjoy doing like workout edits and I enjoy doing flashy workout stuff. Like that's why I love when I shoot B-roll stuff for me because I enjoy that. I enjoy camera movement. I enjoy being able to tell a story with, with foot, with the video and adding sound effects and adding music. And like, for me, that's something that I want to do. Like I want to do more of that, you know? So it's like, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, you know, um, I've met, I've met amazing people. Like I, it's, it's crazy. Even like, um, having working with Jordan for the, for the last, uh, can't believe it's been, can't believe it's already been a year and a half we've been together. Um, like, I, I've met, like, a big a big uh, peer of mine has been D-Rock, which is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's videographer. Like, I looked up to him for so long, and it's crazy that, like, I literally have his phone number, and I can text him whatever and whenever. You know, it's just, it's just little stuff like that where I'm like, that's so crazy that, like, I'm, I, f- I feel, like, equal with them. You know, I don't, I don't see myself as better than them. I don't see them as better than me. I don't view myself as worse than them or that they're worse than me. Like, no, we're equal in this, you know? I I personally like to challenge myself. I'm personally, I personally like to look at all the people as, as better than me. E, even, even if, even if I know damn well, like I can do what they do. I'm like, no, 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 they're, they're better than you. Because for me, that's enough fire to be like, all right, you got to get better. Like you can get better. You got room to improve. And for me, it's like, it, that's always that fire inside that like, that keeps my creativity going is knowing that there's so many people better than me. Like people are like, dude, you're amazing. Like I want to be like you. And it's like, man, I like, I appreciate the heck out of that, you know? And it's like, I, I have my eye on someone else because for me, it's like, I'm chasing that, that me in 10 years. I'm not chasing someone else. I'm not chasing someone else's style. I'm not chasing someone else's vision. I'm chasing my vision 10 years from now. I just like knowing that there's competition out there, that there's other people out there, there's other videographers, other creators out there who create amazing art. And even though like like we're all in the same field, right? Like we're all in this equal playing ground of the world is our is our is our toolbox. And there's so many different tools we can use. And how we see the world is all different. And how we edit is all different. And how we do things is all different. Like that's all equal. It's all a fair playing ground. It's just it's just 
there's people that will be better at you than doing things that, that at certain things. And for me, it's like, I like that. I like that knowing that someone can, can, I don't know, pick a song better than me. Like, wow. I like, that's a great song he used. I, I, I want to, I want to be able to have that, that vision of being able to pick a song like that or, or pick a shot like that. I didn't think of, I didn't think of filming that kind of shot. You know, it's just little stuff like that, that I'm like, that's sick. And it's like, I, I chase that because for me, I'm like, if I can figure out how to do that, I can apply that to what I do now. And that's going to be me in 10 years from now. What I take now, what I take in now is bits and pieces. And I apply it to who I want to be in 10 years from now, right? Or five years from now. And it's like, man, just applying little things and taking little things from people. You don't take everything from them. You take little, little bits and pieces, but you mold it into your own. And if it doesn't work for you, great. Like you don't like you don't like how they did it and you realize like you thought it was cool but you don't like it anymore now, you can change your mind. You can change your mind. You can be like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna edit how they edit. Right? Like there's this one guy, Nabil, his he's Christian Guzman's videographer, right? Like like for me, I I wanted to model his style so bad because I'm like, that's what I need to be like. I need to be like him. You know, because I was so infatuated with everything and as to how he did it, you know, as to how he did everything. And I think you realize, like, that's his style. That's his style. I want to take bits and pieces from I want to take maybe how he does a sound effect, a certain sound effect in a video, or how he films in a certain way, or how he makes this image, makes the, so it's called color grading when you, um, add color to a shot. I want to, maybe I want to learn how he does that part, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't have his vision of storytelling. I have my own, but I can take these little bits and pieces from people and be able to apply it. And I can create my own story. That's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of videography and photography is that the world is your playground. The way you tell a story is unique to you. So, um, yeah, I think I think I want to leave it on that. I think I want to leave with that. Um, yeah, uh, that's my journey as a videographer, and that's kind of where I'm at today. Is like, you know, I'm just always learning. And like, like I'm, I started in 2017 with this. I have so much more to learn, and so much more to go, and that excites the shit out of me because I know that there's so much more room to grow. And it's like my potential, I look at it as like I haven't even tapped into it yet. I haven't haven't even tapped into it yet. And it's like I always have this chip on my shoulder. Always have this chip of like I want to be better. I want to get better. I want to do more. But I don't forget where I've come from. I always remain humble. That is something about me that I always hold true is that I will always remain humble from where I've come from. Right, I will always appreciate my ex-girlfriend for giving me that little push. I will always appreciate Zach for taking me on that LA trip to meet Jordan and give me an opportunity. I will always appreciate stuff like that. Always. I'll always remain humble because I know where I came from. I'll always appreciate leaving medical school or leave, leaving being, being in a pre-med major. I'll always appreciate that. I always will. I always will because I know that that built me to be who I am. I like... It's just, it's something that I won't ever forget, 
I'll always have it with me and always be humble about it because it built who I am. And so that's that's where I want to leave you today. And uh, yeah, um, I'm not going to have an outro for this podcast because I'm going to literally run the outro right now. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, thank you for listening. Um, I truly do appreciate you a ton. And uh, yeah, I, I literally... We're literally at like 47 minutes. Um, thank you, honestly. I, I really do appreciate it. If you've listened this far, um, you've listened to all of it, thank you so much. Please leave a rating on iTunes. It helps a ton. And uh, yeah, let me know what your favorite part about this episode was. Maybe this is your first episode. Um, shoot me a DM uh, on Instagram, uh, Rico.Incarnati, or you can leave a review on the podcast as to what your favorite part was, but let me know. I want to hear from you and I appreciate your feedback and anything you want to tell me, anything you learned, um, any questions you might have for me, please feel free to reach out. You are never bothering me. Um, and yeah, that's the episode. So hope you guys enjoyed and, uh, be a shark. See you guys soon.